Welcome to Elevating Conversations, a podcast recipe for authentic conversations that lift you to new levels of confidence, clarity, and relief. In the first episodes of this weekly podcast, we discuss the conversational essentials for having satisfying conversations at work and at home. Using the conversational intelligence tools and resources for building trust will help you connect more deeply and discover shared understanding through conversation. Conversational intelligence is a way of being in the world and communications methodology that was pioneered by Judith E. Glazer with the Creating We Institute. This will be the focus of our first six episodes. By making high-level, trusting communications the norm, we'll create a ripple revolution for the future of workplace cultures. Join me, Deb Shannon, and my co-host, Mary Stellatello, for this introductory mini-series. Later in the series, I'll introduce guests who are world-changing leaders, who have led conversations that shine light on what is going right, and how the most difficult conversations are beacons of a positive future in today's rapidly changing world. In our final episode of the Conversational Intelligence mini-series, Mary and I recap some of our favorite tips and tools to put at your fingertips, listeners, so that you are ready and motivated to initiate that challenging conversation that you've only had in your head for so long. Hey, Deb. How are you coming into today's call? Hey, Mary. I'm thinking about how endings are new beginnings. Today is the last session in the CIQ series that I'm making with you. So I'm focusing on the ripples that we set in motion. And I'm really curious about what the biggest takeaways are that our listeners have enjoyed. What about you, Mary? You know, honestly, Deb, I am a little sad that we're coming to this final episode of the miniseries. It's been a total blast to partner with you on this. And I know this isn't the end of our collaboration. I have no doubt there will be more opportunities in the future to explore other topics. So listeners, in preparing for this final Tips and Tools episode, we both reached out to some of you and we asked, what's been helpful and what would you like to hear a little more about? And we both are arriving in today's episode with some ideas, some of our top two or three faves. So Deb, what do you have to share? Well, Mary, what I heard from listeners is that they were hooked on really understanding some of the basic steps of adult learning, where you learn about the tools, and then you learn to use the tools, and then the tools become a part of who you are. And they were really interested in more understanding of embodiment. And that aspect of who you are is embodiment. Here's what we learned about the neuroscience of trust in conversation. So trust exists in the presence of oxytocin 
And to gain trust, we have to practice positive behaviors and language that increase oxytocin. So for example, you say more things like, I'm curious about your thinking. Can you tell me more about that? Or if there's friction in the conversation, you can ask a question for which you don't know the answer. Like, what resources can we use to gain more common ground? And when you ask a question like that, you recognize that there's some discord and you're not blaming anybody. And it's an offering to find a way to improve the conversation. It takes courage to ask that kind of question in that way. And by making yourself vulnerable, you're increasing the flow of oxytocin to the prefrontal cortex and opening up the executive part of the brain where higher levels of engagement take place. You know, that ability to imagine a shared future is a good example. So at the same time, you're raising oxytocin levels and building trust. It's a way of settling down the cortisol, which would be stimulating that fight, flight, freeze, and appease response from the amygdala, where, you know, if you're in tension, that shows up a lot. So what does it mean to embody trust? Talking about skills and practicing is essential, right? The rubber hits the road when you're in a sincere state of trust and goodwill. And that means that you're getting beyond a group trust discussion to actually experiencing it. So what do you naturally do that shows people your will to trust, to level up and to be vulnerable? Do you propose new ideas freely? Or can you confidently ask for more information and actually show others that you don't have all the answers? That's embodying trust. So listeners, now that we've talked about it, are you able to recognize what level of trust you're integrating in conversations? Because you know now when there is enough trust, you can put things on the table and reach really positive results, even when you have a visceral sense of vulnerability. And the positive outcomes are possible because your presence with that uncertainty of how others will respond to you, combined with the ability to be vulnerable, draws others to a higher level. So your partners and stakeholders level up with you. Yes. And to build on these ways of fostering trust, one of my faves, Deb, and you know this from our very first episode, is this ritual of checking in and actually checking out with yourself and with others. So checking in with yourself is like, how am I feeling about this conversation or this meeting I'm going to be heading into? And the messages that our body gives you comes 
long before your words. So if you're feeling stressed or anxious in your body, then you need to check in with yourself to address that source of discomfort because it will impact the quality of your conversation. So creating this ritual of always checking in at the beginning of a meeting or a conversation is a fantastic way to increase trust. You know, I've done this for many years in all areas of my life. And it can be as simple as, hey, what's one word that describes how you're coming into today's meeting or conversation? And if I'm in a meeting, I also like to do the same thing at the end of the meeting as checkout. Hey, what's one word? How are you leaving this meeting? If anyone shares a word that sounds out of sync, then you can use a conversational essential like double clicking to explore what would make that situation better for them the next time. So Deb, what else is on your fave list? Knowing the three levels of conversation is a handy tool because in order to be intentional about the level of conversation that you want to have, you have to be aware of where you stand now. So that's why it's really helpful to be able to clearly identify a level one conversation as a brain dump, a yes, no style of exchange that defines my space. And then ask yourself, is this where I need to be right now? Sometimes team check-ins never get above a level one. And that's where being intentional can be really helpful. A level two conversation is positional, defining boundaries and knowledge. And the speaker is really trying to make his or her point persuasively. And we share space. And I am showing you the boundaries of my beliefs, perhaps which is a great place sometimes to flesh out the details of your ideas. So ask yourself, do I want this kind of space or would more space for creativity be useful? And if you want to level up, you can say more things like, I really would like to understand your thinking. Tell me more. This shows you've put a lot of effort into it How can we level up these ideas? And those kinds of comments really elevate oxytocin again. A level three conversation, sky's the limit, Mary. In that level three zone, we create new spaces by inviting questions for which we have no answers and then agreeing on the elements of a shared vision for the future or possibility or the expansiveness of the conversation. And to get to a level three and maintain it, you can use exploratory questions. Then what are the actual possibilities of this idea that actually creates the space for imagining something new in the world? And that's the process of going from a persuasive level two, defining space, to co-creating a level three sharing space conversation. So what else is on your fave list, Mary? Well, I had a great request to come in for one of our listeners that said, how do you deal with those negative Nickies and those put down pats in the moment? 
And okay, what a great question that is, because, you know, we've been talking about these concepts and they all seem really straightforward. And, and actually, when you are in a conversation with a person that goes down a negative path, it's activating your Amy G. Dalla, right? Or amygdala. And she triggers you to that natural inclination of either fight, flight, freeze, or appease. So what do you do? It does go back to knowing yourself. What's my usual response when there's an uncomfortable conversation? And what helps me shift to a growth mindset? Is it taking a couple breaths? Is it drinking water? Is it looking out the window? All of these actions are pattern interrupters in that moment, which can slow down Amy so you can catch yourself. So while you are taking just a few seconds to do this, and Nikki and Pat have continued down their negativity spiral, you can then practice a pattern interrupter with them and say, hey, Nikki, Pat, sounds like you have a lot of feelings or opinions about this particular topic. Could you take a breath and slow down so we can explore this a little more carefully? So that can give you the break you need. And it also gives them a break as well to pull out one of these conversational essentials, double clicking. Hey, what did you mean exactly by that word? Or reframing, refocusing, or redirecting by saying something like, like, what might be another possible way of seeing this situation? So the key to the in the moment situations is to break the pattern first with yourself and then for the other person in the conversation. So Deb, what else comes to the top of your list? One of our communications challenges, Mary, is the inclination towards deficit thinking, which is that we expect ever less rather than more and more of the good stuff. And this mindset has been ingrained in in lots of workplace cultures, especially. And it really speaks to the fixed mindset that limits new possibilities, And here we are, granted it's at the end of our series together, but I'm thinking about ripples forward, right? And it's springtime where I live, almost. The days are longer for sure. So I see it as a season of renewal and blossoming, a time to grow and expand and develop in new ways. And one of the things that you and I have been working on is creating a shift towards a growth mindset. Absorb some of that expansion in the natural environment. We're inviting you listeners to take that next step, accounting now for what's going right. Take a moment to build on your observations of positive things that you didn't necessarily expect And then make your choice to be intentional about creating the space that you want to be in conversationally, rather than being stuck in the awareness that some things are flawed. So here in this concluding session, we're drawing you into this space 
for you to feel the changes that you're able to make when you embody CIQ using positive language, thinking as highly and most curiously about others as you possibly can. So say less of, I can't see how you would pull that off. Or what could be so hard about that? You don't get it, do you? And bring in the positive statements. So Mary, what have you got as your next fave? Well, this is the final tip on my top three list. And it builds on what we've just been talking about. And how do you calm yourself down when there's a lot of cortisol pumping? Besides this idea of waiting 26 hours, as we said in one of our previous episodes, that cortisol stays with us internally for 26 hours. So, you know, this is a nice companion to dealing with the Nickies and the Pats in the moment. And are you able to let that negativity roll off your back like a duck? And I mentioned a few of these ideas earlier, as I called them these pattern interrupters, literally disrupting that flow of information or cortisol in your brain. But I also just came across a short blog post on Thrive Global, and uh, they offered a few more options. And listeners will put this link in the show notes as we've done in the past. So just as a refresh, taking a couple deep breaths, taking a few sips of water, looking out the window. These are all ways to disrupt any information flow in that moment. And a few others. Do a quick internal mantra statement. That is their energy, not my energy. Close your eyes. Think of a happy memory in that moment. And then this ABC method, which is a little bit of a combination of A, awareness that stress is elevated. B, breathe to calm that autonomic nervous system. And then C, being a conscious choice. I'm choosing to remain calm while offering support in this moment. So Deb, how about you? Do you have some other tips you could add to calm down in those moments when cortisol is pumping? I do. And I also just want to point out that this is a great example of expansive thinking. If you have the power in the moment to recognize elevated cortisol, you have choices, right? Look at this great list of opportunities to use an interrupter that you just chose. We are not backed against the wall. We have so many choices from which to draw in any given moment to restore balance for ourselves. So as I mentioned in one of our earlier episodes, I really use affirmations to help myself. So if I'm riding my mountain bike uphill, I say repeatedly, I'm strong. I am resilient, strong to get me up the hill and resilient in case I fall off my bike. And I will take walks and just prepare myself with the things sometimes that other people have told me that they appreciate about me and affirm the intention to bring good into the world. I am here to do good. I am here doing good. Beautiful. I love those. 
the power of affirmations is so strong. And so thank you for sharing those to the list. Well, listeners, we're at that point. And we hope that over these six episodes, you found some tools and resources that help create a sense of relief and confidence that you can build trust in your conversations with just a few small changes. So if you haven't already put anything into practice, you've got this. We know you have the will to transform your next conversation. Go try it. Every step you take has a ripple effect that you may never see. However, it has impact by putting positive DNA connection points in the world of conversation. If you're ever feeling stuck, you can always reach out to either one of us for a boost of oxytocin. So Deb, let's do our checkout. And we're going to do a one-word checkout like I was talking about earlier. How are you feeling after this mini-series? My one-word checkout, Mary, is drive. And I'm going to build on that with onward. So, so great to be with you through this ride, Deb. And I know we'll have another in the future. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Mary. It has been a blast. Thanks for listening to Elevating Conversations with your co-hosts, Deb Shannon and Mary Stella Tello. Do you want to continue this conversation? Well, hop over to our LinkedIn pages at Shannon Coaching or at Mary Stella Tello. You can listen to all episodes on either of our websites at debshannon.co and at vistaglobalcc.com. If you really like what we do, let's connect on Twitter at CIQ Shannon and at Vista Global Mary. We look forward to connecting with you on our next conversation.